All right, here we go. Episode one of That's a Excellent Question. The first episode, we're going to look at the first of the study materials, and it's a video. It's a case star video. The uh, official title of it is A Language to Diagnose with Kelly Sturette, part seven, um, released back in 2011, so 10 years old. When I watched this video, I got massive flashbacks because I love the, uh, love the mobility ward as it was rolling out on YouTube every day for, for a year. K-Star put out a video that, you know, just was a little mobility hack that we could use. And we, we used them at CrossFit Townsville to the extent that people thought we were absolute, I don't know, magicians, that we could fix things that doctors hadn't told them about. And it was such a cool... Uh, empowering piece as a trainer just to go with a foam roller and a lacrosse ball you can take somebody's knee pain and remove it now i'm not advocating for a second that you know people don't need doctors they don't need physios they don't need surgeons all that sort of gear but for the most part if a muscle is overly tight and you give people a tool to help it stop being tight i really feel like this this video captures the essence of that so let me bust straight into what i'm sure if you watch the video, you also experienced K-Star moves through his plan for action and he's given this sort of hierarchy of the way he looks at things. Starts off with motor control, progresses to connective tissue uh, and then looks at joints and finally looks at muscles. In the video, he does a great job and I always feel a little like an imposter trying to paraphrase K-Star but I want to make it as succinct and clear uh, so that we're ready for the exam, uh, the first thing he looks at is motor control. This is what we do. He makes a fantastic point that our goal in this instance is if someone presents with pain whilst doing a certain thing, then it's our goal to look at whether they're doing that certain thing correctly. In my experience, knee pain and squatting, I've, I've seen this play out exactly time and time and time again. Someone says, oh, my knees hurt when I squat or I have lots of knee pain so I can't squat or box jump. When we look at the line of action, we'll often see that that athlete is knee initiating or they are quad dominant. I'm using inverted commas there. And when you teach them to squat properly by finding their posterior chain, and that term is something that we should all get comfortable with because it's going to be, it's part of our uh, CrossFit curriculum very consistently. When people learn how to squat correctly by putting their weight in their heels and prioritizing a bit of load into their hips and that posterior chain gets active, sometimes that's enough to remove knee pain. That's phenomenal. So I totally think that this, I'm not going to say I agree with Kelly Surratt. He's a, he should be agreed with in my opinion. Great dude. Um, little name drop. Did the mobility course in Brisbane as soon as it was, as it was available and Kelly was there. Went to San Francisco once and made sure to visit and uh, do a session with Kelly Surratt. And that's about it. That's about my exposure to Kelly Surratt. Two, two uh, interactions, but noteworthy nonetheless. It's my podcast, so it's going to be slightly self-indulgent from time to time. If we, start, if we come back and say, right, I'm motor control. If someone's doing it wrong, boom, make them do it right. Like teach them the mechanics. CrossFit's charter has always been mechanics first, then consistency and then intensity. And if that's been violated, then, then you know, screening somebody who presents with discomfort, let's get that movement quality right first. All right, we've harped on that extensively. 
The second bit, connective tissue. This is pretty cool because every gym that I've ever been to in the last 10 years has had uh, mobility tools, you know, rollers and lacrosse balls, probably some other cool bits and pieces, maybe a, a trigger gun. Connective tissue, Kelly summarizes this as also considering them sliding surfaces. So he, he sort of differentiates between traditional anatomical definition of connective tissue. He's saying more so the, the thing that connects to muscles, even though muscle has within it some connective tissue and bones are arguably connective tissue. I'm sort of speaking off the top of my head without having done enough research to really uh, be sure of that, but I'm pretty sure connective tissue has a wider classification than just the, uh, the fascia. And that, but that's where we're talking about here. This, like, these are fascial interactions. So if we consider the an anatomy of a muscle, the muscle continues into a tendon and the thing that goes from being a uh, muscle into a tendon is the sheath, or that, that fascial sheath. And these fascial sheaths can get stuck and Kelly talks about lamination. So the idea of heat plus pressure can sort of stick things together. And he talks about a cheese sandwich and... Uh, makes the point that if we sit down all the time, then we've laminated our butt. These gluteal muscles have been laminated into each other. Um, anatomically, we know there's multiple gluteal muscles. They're gonna be connected with uh, lots of different fascia. So they're not functioning as well as they could if they're sticking to one another. So as part of uh, addressing dysfunction, it may be important after motor control is correct, so someone knows how to squat, but they're still getting some discomfort, get them to roll out their glutes. And he makes a point of the lacrosse ball not necessarily being the best tool for that, given that it's so direct and, and uh, has pressure in an isolated point. But maybe a foam roller and looking at not just moving up and down, but side to side. And the terms he uses are rolling, twisting, and shear. The other tool that Kelly liked to imp implement, and it's not mentioned in this video, is the voodoo floss bands. They have an ability to um, stop a certain tissue and then you can move around while that tissue is sort of locked and all of these things just work to create more movement between pieces of the body that should have movement um, that's why he calls them sliding surfaces also makes a really interesting point that hydration has a factor there so uh, like we often have to do is just touching in with our or touching base with our athletes to make sure that they are aware of that they drink enough water not dehydrated I really like this bit where he talks about mashing, um, having a mash party, and this stuff's sort of tricky, and especially in the realms of legalities and who's able to do what. The cool thing with rolling out and uh, using lacrosse balls, foam rollers, trigger guns is people are doing it to themselves, and we're sort of guiding it. So we're not hands-on, and if you're just a trainer, and I, I say that with the utmost respect, I also am just a trainer, but you're not a masseuse or you're not a physiotherapist, then you should always be really cautious about putting your hands on somebody to elicit a change in their tissues because you could do it wrong and strain something or tear something and arguably you'd be liable. So the cool thing is when people are doing stuff to themselves, it's, uh, it's, it's on them and they're doing it with your guidance for sure and your recommendation. And I'm hugely confident in the things that I prescribe because I've used them myself and I know that they feel amazing and then we've had heaps of success. Um, you know, if we come back to that knee example, I've had heaps of success teaching people how to squat correctly to remove knee pain. But likewise, throwing a foam roller above someone's kneecap, having them lay on it so they're sort of in a push-up position and whip up and down for two minutes 
And then I like to use the analogy of uh, mowing the lawn. If you've only ever mowed that, that one strip, then you better do the strips on either side and work through the whole quad. The word quad means four. We know there's four pieces. Three of them are going to be superficial and one of them is a little deeper. But working through that quad and creating some length over two or three minutes regularly takes away some knee pain. And it's not surprising the tightness of that muscle, perhaps the tightness of the fascia, the tightness of how they're connecting to one another once released takes away pressure at the attachment point, which for the quad, that's the patellofemoral um, tendon. And that's where a lot of um, pain and discomfort comes through. Again, someone might have a genuine knee problem that needs to be addressed by a physiotherapist or a doctor. But if you can help somebody with a five-minute rolling session and they don't have to spend 80 bucks or 100 bucks or however much it is where you are on seeing a professional, you are progressing more and more like an important person in that person's life, which is cool. That's what we want as trainers. Um, yeah, so the point that I, I digress, uh, you'll either learn to love that or you won't listen to the podcast very often. So I digress. The, the bit that I loved in the connective tissue is the discussion of mashing. So we visited a place where they have a mash party. They walk on each other uh, using a, a, a set of parallel bars or a walker. And just the, the way that some of these concepts, if simplified, can be made so much more accessible. He said mashing is basically mashing the tissues against each other and a more technical or... or uh, um, a less accessible way of saying that would be high pressure, pressure compressive fascial release. So when we're looking at, uh, if we are looking at scientific studies on uh, mobility, we might have to dive into those crazy words. But when you're talking to your clients, it's, hey, let's just mash this stuff and see if we can get some more slide between the, um, between the parts of the muscle. Um, from a little bit of looking ahead, the parts of the muscle or the, uh, the fascia are going to be relevant in a couple of episodes as we talk about, um, is it rhabdo? Uh, thoracic outlet syndrome and, and compartment syndrome, which a little spoiler alert, I guess. Righto. So in order of importance, Kelly thinks that moving well is most important and then addressing that the connective tissue has the ability to slide against itself uh, adequately. And then third, he addresses the joint and he's talking more about the joint capsule because really a joint is any interaction of two bones that makes a joint, but the capsule itself can be a bit uh, bunged up or gummed up. His go-to or teaching point here was that banded distractions can make any mobilization three to four times more effective. And the reason for this band distraction piece is it overcomes passive accessory motion of the joint. Now, he did a little diagram showing that there are multiple degrees of freedom. It's not like you have a singular pin and the joint operates purely around that axis. As the joint finds different positions, it's going to have different axes of rotation. But with a band, we can sort of force our joint into a tough spot where we then can move and try and teach a capacity or a, uh, um, a competency in that range of motion. Pretty cool. Uh, that's all I want to do there. If you haven't explored banded distractions, then you know a, an easy first one is the old band over the pull-up bar hitched on, so you thread it through itself. You grab it and you walk back to find your shoulders 
and straight away the band is sort of pulling some space into that joint so that when you go to stretch the muscle you don't have the you have less likelihood that bony end stops bash against each other if you haven't given that a go give it a run that's good okay finally um he talks about muscles and in muscles Kelly is, is a big fan of PNF or preproceptive neuromuscular facilitation. And off in my Cert 4 for fitness, I got taught about this as a method of stretching. And recently, I think there's, there's been enough um, new, new innovations, if you will, in the fitness industry that I'm super excited about. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Andres Banoa's um, functional range system, FRS. And I think the pales and rails, the uh, uh, progressive angular isometric loadings and the regressive angular isometric loadings are expressions of this same sort of thing where we've got a, uh, a fixed end position and then a contraction against it and then a re relaxation into that position. And what Kelly gets to here, or well, maybe he gets to it a little later, but the, the PNF stuff, he makes a closing statement that muscles are like dogs, obedient dogs, and that we can train them if we just uh, reinforce the correct shapes over and over and over again. And I think PNF or pails and rails, or even just when you're doing your strength training, pausing in positions that are tough, this is a really important piece for us as trainers to try and improve people's mobility. And that is to not expect that rolling on a foam roller or a lacrosse ball is sufficient, but sometimes we have to just be comfortable sitting in positions that are uncomfortable. And that was a stupid sentence, but we have to get um, more accepting of the fact that we will have to exist in uncomfortable positions before they stop being uncomfortable. And there's definitely a neurological or a brain component to that flexibility. You know, our muscles get longer because our brain stops freaking out and telling us we shouldn't be there. And that's why uh, we shouldn't encourage people to always get quickly out of shape sometimes, especially in warm-ups or perhaps in progressive, um, or sorry, submaximal strength pieces. We should think about pausing in the bottom. You know, we often often program pauses or tempo squats and, and presses, and it's all about finding those uncomfortable shapes and spending a little longer in there so they're not uncomfortable shapes anymore. So that's the muscle length piece. And then his closing statement, we should love this because it's golden. If it works, it's in. Uh, he, he talks about any type of thing, whether it's uh, physiotherapy, acupuncture, um, getting, getting muscles raked over with the Chinese spoon. If you deadlift more because of that treatment, then it works. And it's a, it's a pretty rudimentary piece, but what I really want to remind Anyone who's listening to this, if you're thinking about doing your CrossFit Level 3 test, then this concept of observable, observable, measurable, and repeatable is something that CrossFit has uh, over and over and over through its curriculum. So worth, worth taking note of that. He says, if you can't see change, there is no change. And this just talks to that um, fairly constant piece of our industry that says people are, I feel better, or I think I'm better. Well, if you're not better, stop paying that professional for a service that isn't working. And if you don't know whether it's working or not, go in with clear expectations of what you don't like about your current movement or discomfort and 
their treatment should improve what your clear expectations are, otherwise their treatment isn't working. We can, as we've seen, as trainers, affect a change that is measurable, observable, and repeatable by addressing motor control, connective tissues, uh, the joint, and the muscles. The last thing I want to say, Kelly Grave is a great uh, three-word question to people uh, after you've implemented some sort of a mobility piece or a coaching tool or coaching cue, and he's always sort of throws out better, same, worse. Is it better? Is it the same? Or is it worse? And now, I'm not a huge fan of giving people so many questions, especially in a teaching environment. Sometimes I will deliberately say that is better because the line of action might be right and it might not feel better to the individual at the time. But especially when we're talking about pain or discomfort, that, that's the, the, the athlete's input is definitely relevant. Um, that is pretty much us. I started off with quite a simple one. Definitely was a simple one for me because I really like watching K-Star's videos. Team, if you are listening to this, please send me some feedback. Um, either email me, get me on social media, let me know that you like it so that we can continue this process. Uh, I'm going to push through and do at least 10 of these, uh, these podcasts. The goal being that at some point people can look back when they've watched a video or read an article that they didn't quite understand, listen to this and, and maybe my perspective on it makes it a little easier for them to digest it. It's not a long um, podcast. I'm sitting looking at the clock and it says it's almost 18 minutes. The goal will be keep these at 20 to 30 minutes so that you can spend time looking at the video, write your own notes and then listen to my video, my uh, podcast and then re-look at it again. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to wrap this one up here. Thank you. Bye.